Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hart. It's happy Super Bowl weekend. Let's go make some money, people. I have a very special guest on today to help us accomplish that very goal. He is the host of the PFF Betting Podcast. Thought it might be a good time to bring in the man himself. Ben Brown at PFF underscore Ben Brown. Ben, you've been doing great work all year with Kendall, Eric, the whole PFF team on props, whatever, whatever you have you. This is obviously the real Super Bowl, but it's also the gambling Super Bowl, I feel like, in the entire world. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Like you said, Mason, this is like, from a gambling perspective, sports my perspective, like this is it, like the holy grail type weekend. So it has been uh, maybe a little bit of a grind, a lot of sleepless nights putting in the work, but uh, it's definitely my favorite time of the year for sure. So I'm definitely ready to get going. The one game, you know, where we say, screw, you know, being responsible with your bankroll. Like, forget about that. We got months and months and months to get back into the green before August and uh, September comes back around. I guess in our case, you know, April USFL. But we'll worry about that at a future date. Uh, Ben, you were kind enough to send over to me your top seven best bets. They are all props in this one. We got a couple other goofy things to talk about in this edition of the 10 Questions PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Let's start things off with a best bet on the Bengals' backup running back. Samaj P. Ryan over five and a half rushing yards at plus 106. Uh, Dwayne McFarlane and myself talking you know, from the fantasy side of things about P. Ryan all season long, where a little bit more involved, particularly on you know longer kind of down-distance situations, pass-first situations, that I think a lot of people would realize. Joe Mixon gets his touches. They usually find a way to get P. Ryan out there for at least a handful of snaps per game. Yeah, definitely. So we we basically have met like slightly over 20% offensive snap share here uh, over the last three basically playoff games. So he's definitely been uh, involved, I would say, maybe more than people give him credit for. Didn't have a carry last week, and I do think that's why we're seeing such a low uh, rushing yardage number for him in this particular matchup. But I think, you know, with Aaron Donnell basically playing close to 50% of his first down snaps uh, as an interior defensive lineman, they're not going to be running the football as much on first downs. At least they shouldn't be, right? I do yeah. think that uh, if the Bengals... Crossed. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed, right? Hopefully, as long as the Bengals don't, you know, trot out Joe Mixon for two yards of pop every single first down, I think we're going to see some decent spots where, uh, you know, it's like third and five, third and six. They're going to have, you know, Samaj P. Ryan in the backfield in those situations. I do think, you know, Zach Taylor is going to give him one or two draws if he does. Over 5.5 rushing yards, especially at a plus price, seems like a pretty easy gimme for me. So I'm playing it uh, relatively heavily. This is one of my favorite props we have coming up for the Super Bowl. To your point, plus 106 odds. I do like right. that one as well. And yeah, the first 10 runs, uh, you know, watch many a Bengals games on Sundays at the PFF offices with Eric Eager. And his uh, quote was always, nothing takes the wind out of the Paul Brown Stadium like a first and 10 handoff to Joe Mixon. Right. Tough to disagree there. All right, Ben, I am renowned. I, I don't know. I bring it up a lot. I don't know if I'm renowned. But I bring up how much I hate kickers and punters alike. Every, you know, real life football, fantasy football, whatever have you, I want them to be removed from the game, period. But if I can make some money on them, maybe I will soften my stance a little bit. You have total punts over six and a half at minus 112. Two, you know, pretty objectively damn good offenses out here, Ben. What makes you confident we're going to see a bit of a pump fest here? Yeah, I do think that both coaches basically have been somewhat confused conservative in their fourth down decision making whether they want to go for it or punt or kind of kick that field goal uh so i do think that we're gonna see uh, a few spots where sean mcveigh zach taylor both end up punting more than they probably should have and i do think that this number is probably a little bit closer to seven and a half as the correct line so you are getting a little bit of a break obviously even with two high functioning offenses uh we're gonna see a couple punts happen at some point i do think if that you know the the coaching decision making adds one or two uh in that direction as well i think we're gonna easily go 
over this number. I set it closer to seven and a half just based on you know where these teams were at throughout uh, the coaching tenures for both candidates. And I do think that we're going to see probably seven, maybe even eight uh, or nine punts. But I expect the game to probably go under as well. So I think if you're leaning in that direction, uh, this is a pretty safe bet from that perspective. I feel like this is the right bet to pair. Like, if you're going to just do fun ones, like, just throw this one in there as well. Because when your overs aren't hitting, but you just see right. these consecutive three and outs punting, you can get hyped about it, man. Like, right. that's, we'll, we'll talk about the national anthem later. But, like, my goal for the Super Bowl is to be sweating something for the entire duration of the game. Uh, I think this is a bet that will help get us there. Here's another good one that will definitely, uh, you know, get your attention for the moment it happens. First kickoff. You say, yes, it will be a touchback at minus 118. I mean, it sure seems like ever since, what was it, six, seven years ago, like ever since they moved the kickoff up to try to prevent uh, you know, the to overall return collisions, it does seem like minus 118. That's pretty low for something that happens far over 50% of the time. Yeah, so basically we have the base rate at like 65% this year for the 2021 season where all kickoffs basically went into uh, as a touchback. Similar trend uh, if you're looking at the first specific uh, kickoff of a game. The reason why this one has moved so much, I think it was priced out right around like minus 175, minus 180 early on in the week. There is this trend basically where 18 of the, the last 20 Super Bowl kickoffs have not resulted in a touchback. Uh, and I do think that part of the reason why the market adjusted so much is, you know, Pat McAfee, who everyone would consider probably the the guru on kicking in the of NFL. Course, He's obviously course. sharing his thoughts, you know, more than anybody else possibly ever will at that position. So he actually provided a, a pretty decent explanation for it. So there isn't normally a touchback on the opening kickoff, he said, because the ball is a brand new ball. It's basically just plastic. Uh, most balls that you kick, they're allowed to like, kind of like beat up from any quick equipment manager's perspective for like 30 minutes they don't do that with the first kickoff ball in the super bowl because it goes to canton ohio it goes into the hall of fame so apparently it's like kind of different than kicking any other ball that they typically would that has played out previously but i think that the market has probably factored all that into consideration and maybe has even overcorrected a little bit so i'm expecting this first kickoff to get deep into the end zone i do think that if you do like you said want to sweat out a bet basically uh throughout the entire game this is the perfect way to start after that coin flip one that you probably talk about later on so I, I do love Pat McAfee when he just kind of pulls right. back the curtain and shows you what exactly is going on. He was talking about some of the Pro Bowl uh, weekend festivities and what goes on uh, right. with the players at some of those parties. Wow, minus 118, yes, on the first kickoff touchback. And if not, we can blame, you know, just the football and the kickers. So when, right. and it, when... Yeah. Right, yeah, go ahead. Right. And the, well, the interesting thing is, like, you know, both Matt Gay and Evan McPherson have been close to like 63% Gay is at yeah. uh, for touchbacks this season. McPherson's at 61%. So if you were based it solely on that, this would be close to like a minus 175, minus 180 bet. So uh, you're getting quite a bit of value based on what I would consider mainly like a narrative driven movement. So I definitely like this one here quite a bit as well. And this is objectively the quickest bet we can win once the game actually starts. Right. Like right, national right. anthem excluding and all that. We'll get to it, everyone. Don't worry. Okay. Cooper Cup over eight and a half receptions at plus 106. Pulling up his handy dandy game log last week. He had 11 catches. Week before that, nine. Had a kind of a brief spell where he only was catching five, six, seven passes, but his target numbers were down there. I mean, Ben, like you look at him throughout the year, the dude caught at least five passes in every single game was usually more. I mean, it seems like just impossible that he sees fewer than double-digit targets in here. Eight and a half, as high as that will be for anybody else in the league, might just be a little low for Cooper Cup. I honestly, so I believe it, right? He has gone over his reception prop in 14 to 20 games so far this oh season. God. Obviously had, you know, somewhat of a historic, you know, season in general from at the wide receiver position. But uh, like this is 
probably still not high enough. Like, I don't know what they would have to do in order to make people not want to bet this, but he is, you know, essentially matchup proof. I don't really think uh, the Bengals have anybody that can slow him down. I do think that if, you know, the Bengals struggle at getting some pressure, which they have been basically league average at, don't really blitz a whole lot, which is the spot where Cooper Cup definitely has excelled at. But if he gets deep into his route, over 2.5 seconds time to throw, him and Stafford have been absolutely deadly. And I do think we're going to see a lot of those instances play out here on Sunday. So give me Cooper Cup. Give me it's it's going to be another highlight real game. I do think he gets close to you know 14 14 targets. Some of them obviously going to be manufactured underneath, but I do think he's going to win uh, on some yards after the catch situations as well here. So I like eight and a half. I give it at the plus price. It's just this it seems like it's going to be a little bit too easy from my perspective. So credit to Mike Holden had the awesome interception on Ryan Tannehill in that uh, you know the right. round game. He's been good this year. Come on, it's Cooper Cup though. I mean the one. Right. Any cornerback in the league, like unless maybe his teammate Jalen Ramsey, which is impossible, luckily, so we don't have to worry about it. I'm probably picking Cup to win that. Uh, I would just know, yeah, Chidobe Awuzie and Eli Apple, if you really want to be, uh, you know, worried about the Twitter troll himself, they do stick to the outside. They are not moving into the slot, letting Cup run free against whoever the hell he wants. And, man, this could be quite the blow-up performance. I was asking uh, Tage on the podcast uh, last week, last 10 questions edition, what Cup might have to do to surpass Larry Fitzgerald's, like, all-time great playoff run 2008 probably 200 plus yards and a couple touchdowns but hey man it could happen i would have been the most surprising thing ever yeah he's been close before yeah that 2008 larry fitzgerald playoff run was still like the greatest the greatest sequence i've ever seen but i don't know we have not really seen uh you know the type of what cooper cup's basically done here in 2021 ever before i would say we've seen wide receivers win uh, at various points throughout, but the volume that he received this year has just been completely unmatched, right? So it has been uh, pretty historic from that perspective already. Fantasy points, like just removing the entire fantasy industry from it, they're a good accumulative stat. Receptions, yards, right. touchdowns, they're factoring all that in. And this year, if you take away the 17th game, Cooper Cup had the second most productive season ever from a wide receiver behind right. only 1995 Jerry Rice. Yeah, let's bet his over, Ben. Last game of the year, can't hold anything back now. Now, we will not be betting the over on Matthew Stafford interceptions. You like under .5 interceptions at plus 110. You know, obviously would have hit this mark back in the NFC Championship if the 49ers were a little bit more sure-handed downfield. We have seen the Bengals be awfully opportunistic in the secondary. What likes? You, what do you like about this under here? Yeah, this is probably like my least favorite bet. I always have to ride these <laughs> because I, I do enjoy the interception props because you're on the edge of the seat basically the entire game. Every Nowhere time. is that more apparent than with Matthew Stafford yeah. under interception prop, right? So uh, if you want to be engaged, if you want to feel like you're sweating the entire time, this is a pretty decent bet. Obviously, like you said, Stafford's had his mistakes. I do think that it's probably, once again, a little bit overcorrected in the market right now just on some of those glaringly bad decision makings. But from a turnover-worthy play percentage, he hasn't been that bad uh, and PFF's grading. So I do think that, uh, you know, when the when the, when the spotlight's shining brightest when they absolutely need him the most, I do think that he's going to make enough sound decisions where he has a relatively clean game here from uh, an interception perspective. So I, I, I lean this one. Not, not a big bet. Not my favorite whatsoever. But I do think it is going to be at least enjoyable throughout to actually sweat it out. So and again, that's all we're looking for, man. Well, that's all we're we can make some for. money along the way as well. But uh, I have an article on pff.com. 12 rounds, Joe Burrow versus Matthew Stafford, just going through different metrics and comparing them. And the who is better 
better at limiting turnovers. Yeah, Burrow wins that. I don't think that's too much of a discussion. But if you just look at the playoffs, man, Burrow 1.6% turnover-worthy play rate. Stafford barely behind him at 1.8%. Right. So, yeah, we all remember that dropped interception. But throughout these playoffs, man, Stafford has objectively, I think, been better than Burrow. And he's been limiting the turnovers far more than we're used to seeing. Bet that under, and my God, man, can you imagine like Hail Mary at the end of the game or something? Right, that like, just, just takes <laughs> it out. It's, ha it's happened before, it'll happen again, but hopefully it doesn't happen in the biggest spot here for sure. So. I saw that, Um, I, uh, shout out uh, Action Network, they had a funny tweet up there, I think just breaking down like some of the worst bad beats in Super Bowl history. Did you have any action on the Mahomes rushing yard prop in the uh, 49ers? I did, Super Bowl? I did, yeah, I did. I did definitely. you have the under or over? I can tell by the I had the over in yeah. that one for sure, so that was bad. That was, and that's, that's happened a few times there was one Tom Brady game this year where he went back under his rushing yardage prop from Neil Downs as well it's just like but the Mahomes run was so egregious because he went so far back right and it was just like so extended and so painful because you knew you knew it was happening so long I actually had an early number on it too so I like wasn't as bad as everyone else but he still ended up crossing that as well so it was just brutal to be honest with for, for you for those so. that as soon as i saw your face i was like oh no he took the over this yeah is not a, right this was not right. a good uh situation to be uh going through but yeah for those that don't know what we're talking about Mahomes, i think his over under was like 33 and a half or 34 he was a good like 14 yards ahead of this when the drive started instead of just kneeling uh they knew they were gonna have to punt the ball back so Mahomes was like actively running back five right. six yards and waiting and he eventually went under so and so didn't he, he did have multiple downs, I want to say, as well. Three in right? a row. Like there was, he, yeah, he did was, two was, really yeah. deep ones. Like, right, two, the two were really bad. Like, one wasn't so bad, then he did the other two. I was like, oh, my God, like, what is happening right now? So he was well clear of the number two. It was just painful. So <laughs> so sorry to bring up that horrific memory for you, Ben. I'm going to cry but, right now. <laughs> okay, moving away from bad Mahomes beats. You like the first touchdown to be scored to be a passing touchdown. Minus 190, pretty steep odds. With that said, I mean, he's wide receivers at hand. All due respect to Cam Akers, Joe Mixon. You like the chances of the ball leaving either Burrow or Stafford's hand going to that end zone. Yeah, I mean, definitely, right? This is it's a, it's a passing league, right? These are obviously two of the best passing offenses in the NFL. We have, you know, minus 190, 65.5% implied probability. I think basically league-wide base rates in 2021 sit at basically that number right now. Given the fact that both these offenses have been really productive Passing the football, not so much, I would say, from a rushing perspective. Uh, I definitely think that this number should be a little bit further out. Sean McVay, basically, in 2021, 79% of, of their offensive touchdowns came from a pass. Zach Taylor, 73.7%. So well above even that implied probability. So we're getting some pretty decent value uh, if using, basically, the team-specific base rates on this one. So I think this is just you know not quite to the minus price that it needs to be. And you do find that uh, a pretty decent amount in some of these prop markets. People love to bet uh, the heavy no side so you do see some of the, the the yeses or the minus priced ones not be maybe priced out as much as they should this is just one that's probably not as egregious and I do still think it's definitely playable as first touchdowns a pass I think this one's going to be pretty easy as well and, and like you said this is going to be you know not necessarily the first drive swept but it's going to get you you know it's going to get you a settle here yeah. uh, in the first couple drives as quickly as possible which is what you want to see then you can under, <laughs> you, then you can know if you want to live bet some more games or something like that here so First touchdown is always a fun time. You have a specific score. I know it's, I'm not putting this on your best bet, you know, record or anything like that. But do you have a feel for who could be that first touchdown scorer? 
I mean, I do think there is uh, just a little bit of value in Cooper Cup. I think he was at like plus 460. Um, he just, he, there's just so much target volume, right? So I do think that playing him, I, I like quite a bit. I also really like, uh, I, I like the T. Higgins match, but I do think if you're going to see Cincinnati uh, win this game outright and cover, it's probably going to be because of T. Higgins more so than Jamar Chase. So him getting in the end zone first uh, as well, I do think is probably the spot that I'd be looking if I was trying to get it on, you know, first touchdown score for sure. Is there, is there somebody you like in that market? I'm kind of interested to hear. I kind of like the Higgins co-op. I've been trying to figure out how we think, you know, they're actually going to defend them because, you know, you were kind enough to send me the shadow data each and every week uh, from our lovely PFF database and, you know, looking at Ramsey. So over the past two years, he's sh- he used to shadow all the time in Jacksonville. Right. They've really right. um, only limited to the best of the best here in Los Angeles. So he shadowed DK Metcalf four times, Devontae Adams twice, Mike Evans twice. Justin Jefferson and Debo Samuel. But the thing with a lot of those games, like the Jefferson game, Adam Thielen wasn't there. Uh, Tyler Lockett usually plays a lot of his snaps in the slot where Ramsey, he plays a lot, but usually when they're shadowing, he won't as much. Usually it's more so restricted to offenses with one complete stud receiver and no one else. So I'm curious, man, do you have any thoughts on how they might be deploying Ramsey? Because I get it, Ramsey versus Chase, best versus best. That would make sense, but you could also talk yourself into Ramsey versus Higgins, and then we'll devote two defenders over to Chase yeah, and Jordan again. I think that I think you know that does have some legs to it, but I do still think the fact that Jamar Chase basically never moves, right? Like we, these three Bengals receivers all kind of stay in their own spots for the majority of uh, you know offensive snaps and pass routes. Uh, so I think from that perspective, they are probably going to see a lot of a lot of Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase, just given the fact that they're not really moving you know Jamar Chase around a ton. Uh, even in pre-snap motion and those sorts of things. So I do think we're going to see a scenario where, you know, Jalen Ramsey does get up to, you know, 60% of of offensive or defensive snaps played against or lined up against Jamar Chase. We'll see what kind of coverages they bring, you know, after the ball is snapped. You know, we we, Rams, of course, like to disguise their coverage more than anybody else in the NFL. Uh, Do play, you know, quite a bit of zone as well. But I think we're going to see at least them lined up together. And then he maybe is going to get some help uh, over the top in some of those two safety looks, especially in obvious passing situations. But that's why I believe, you know, T. Higgins absolutely has to be the guy uh, to win his particular matchup and is why I think if the Bengals win, it's going to be because of T. Higgins more so than Jamar Chase because I do think we're going to see Ramsey be uh, pretty successful in shutting down, down Jamar Chase. Not a popular take or anything like that. That's just how I see you know the game playing out with the fact that uh, the Rams have such a clear, distinct advantage in the trenches as well, right? So... And we've seen Burrow, like, have games where he doesn't throw Chase 10, 12 right. targets. Like, that's why we're more confident in cups overs, I think, uh, compared to Chase. It's not that Chase can't beat Ramsey, but when you have Higgins and Boyd and Mixon and all these other guys to throw the ball to, uh, might not be getting those huge lines. So, right. Ramsey, too. So, it's just always a tough thing, man, especially for fantasy. Like, I always just use the full game box scores for shadow coverage because it feels weird to me when people are like, oh, Justin Jefferson only got 30 yards in Ramsey's coverage. They shut him down. It's like, he finished with 116 yards. Like, how is that Justin Jefferson's fault that Ramsey didn't follow him around the whole game? So, I would just note that, you know, in these matchups, Devontae Adams went for over 100. Metcalf had multiple two touchdowns games. Uh, Mike Evans, obviously, last pass he caught happened to be right over the top of Ramsey as well. So as great as Ramsey is, he has been beat. And you know what? When you're facing alpha receivers with no safety help, you are going to get beat. That's why people like him, Darius Slay, you know, give them a little bit more slack, I think, than we're used to seeing. Right, right. I mean, Uh, yeah, we basically see it. We see it every week, right, where it's like, uh, you know, they get they play 
good 95 percent of times and everyone remembers the one play base that's blown coverage right that's it's it's the toughest job of the nfl i'll say that's for sure so. and then like remember the first uh touchdown Devonte had in the playoffs last year where like they run him across the entire field they throw two right. picks at ramsey and then the tweets after are like oh adam's cooking ramsey it's like right let's, let's chill out a little settle bit down here, here. Right, right all right ben right. fantastic stuff last best bet you have the team that scores first will win yes at minus 160 just another one of these where yeah minus 160 we'd always prefer to be a little bit lower but maybe not quite as high as we would need to actually take the plus side of things yeah definitely i mean it's just it's just you know given the fact that they're scoring first obviously especially if it's a touchdown you will see that you know in-game market swing dramatically in their direction already especially if it's the los angeles rams who end up getting the ball first and scoring right away so uh, i think given that fact uh, it's it's got decent value still. It should be close to probably like minus 195, minus 200. So you are getting right around you know 30, 40 cents of value. I would consider uh, on this particular price right now. So uh, it's just one you got to play a little bit. And like you said, you can sweat it out basically all game trying to figure out who's actually going to win uh, at the end there with the first touchdown being scored, or first score actually happening. I guess I should say so. To, to recap those, everyone, Ben's best bets, Samaje Pirine over five and a half rushing yards, total punts over six and a half. First kickoff touchback, yes. Cooper Cup over eight and a half receptions. Matthew Stafford under 0.5 interceptions. First touchdown scored will be a passing touchdown. And the team that scores first will win, yes. Great stuff, Ben. I will personally be betting all those. And I hope you <laughs> listeners do as well. The man came with some fire. You know, it's, I, look, I love Prop Week too, Ben, but... I'm going to leave it to an expert like you because as fun as it is to go through the matchups and like stuff like that, stuff I'm used to doing for fantasy, I know a lot of times it just comes down to like, okay, where is the minus 160 line that should be like, you know, minus 150, minus 145 and stuff. There's a reason why the best gamblers in the world are only hitting, you know, 57 and a half right. or so uh, percentage of their bets. So great stuff there. I do have a few more questions for you uh, just on some kind of bigger uh, principle stuff and, you know, maybe some fun as well. First of all, you know, common thing, rhetoric I've heard among my friends, don't bet on the Rams or Bengals money line. Just go ahead and take Burrow or Stafford for MVP. Yeah, we've had a few years, you know, Julian Edelman, Von Miller, uh, to, to name a few guys where non-QBs have won the MVP. What are your thoughts on this strategy, though? Like, do you think there's enough, you know, ammo for someone like Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase to take this award? Or is it okay to, instead of betting the Bengals, just go ahead and take that Burrow MVP bet? Yeah, I mean, especially on the Bengals side, like, I... I think it's really hard to see anybody but Joe Burrow win this award if the Bengals end up winning, right? Like, I'm trying to think of, you know, game scripts and scenarios where uh, Jamar Chase would potentially do it over a guy like Joe Burrow. He'd have to basically have kind of an explosion game like he had against Kansas City Chiefs, right? If right. he only goes for, you know, 140 yards and a touchdown, the Bengals end up winning, and Joe Burrow throws for three touchdown passes... Joe Burrow's winning the award, right? So I do think from the Bengals' perspective, the best price you can get on them on the money line, plus 170. Uh, Burrow's best price on the MVP award, plus 230. I do think that makes sense. But uh, there are some other you know, opportunities as well. I do think if you look at some of the same game parlay markets, you can find maybe even better odds and have those things hit. Uh, and if they do hit, Burrow will obviously have won the MVP, and if they don't hit, he's not going to end up winning the MVP. So you could yeah. do things like Bengals to win in the same game parlay, court, court, you know, uh, put in with like Joe Burrow to throw three plus nice. passing touchdowns. If you do that, that's at plus three seventy five. So that's maybe more along the lines of the approach that I would try and take is trying to think of you know what are the stats that Burrow is going to put up if he does win MVP, if the Bengals do end up winning, uh, and then trying to find the best opportunity to take advantage of that. And I do think that there are a number of different options, thankfully, because. We have so many markets here uh, in the Super Bowl uh, play, betting 
spirit right now. So it has been, that's kind of the approach that I would definitely be taking, I think. So love that call. Yeah. And then we can get, you know, plus, like you said, plus 375 sounds a little bit better to me. So yeah, parlay right. the Bengals win with the sort of stats that Burrow's going to need to put up to win, you know, not only the game, but the MVP in the first place. Love that call. Okay. So we talked a little bit about how, uh, you know, the Rams strategy for defending the Bengals. We mentioned T. Higgins. You know, we didn't have any actual best bets for the Bengals other than the Samaj P. Ryan over, but that's, you know, not quite, you know, something that's going to make or break this ball game. I just wonder, do you have any thoughts on, you know, an underrated X factor from the Bengals? You know, you, you kind of brought up T. Higgins before. We saw last week how important Higgins was down the stretch, right. making some clutch snags down there. I swear, this dude has to catch. Remember those uh, sports science throws where they were like, Chad Johnson has the catch <laughs> radius of a rhinoceros? Like, I feel like T. Higgins is up there as well. I mean, right. Jamar Chase is great let's not forget though t higgins has what it takes i mean who what he went for 192 a freaking five six weeks ago I, i'm blanking on right. who he was against but we know he has these blow-up games in his arsenal maybe we see one this sunday yeah definitely i mean that's you basically took the words out of my mouth i should have brought up t higgins earlier because yeah i do think he is the x factor for the cincinnati Bengals. i do like his uh player prop reception over 5.5 it is one that i've wrote up uh, in my article on pff.com, the Super Bowl betting preview, make sure you can check that out as well. But I do like him to go over, and I do think that if he does, the Bengals have a pretty decent shot at winning outright. If he doesn't go over that uh, and, and, and Chase isn't absolutely tearing apart Jalen Ramsey, then I think the Bengals obviously are going to be struggling immensely offensively. But they haven't necessarily put forth really solid ceiling performances on offense in the playoffs yet. They have been able to win uh, with some other, you know, avenues or other ways of actually doing that. So maybe we see that play out in the playoffs, but uh, Super Bowl, but I don't think that's really going to be the case here uh, against the Los Angeles Rams from my perspective. So Higgins, including the playoffs this year, has played 17 games, caught 88 passes for 1,300 yards and six right. touchdowns. Like, my goodness. I know they've been a little bit herky-jerky and, you know, in fantasy. Like you mentioned, it, we remember kind of the bad moments more uh, than the good moments sometimes. So in fantasy land, I think, you know, we, we, we always talk about these guys. Oh, they have the duds. And then wow, finally when we started them, they have the uh, blow-up right. game. But, man, on season as a whole, what a year from T. Higgins. Still just 23 years old, bright future ahead for this entire Bengals offense. They're not going anywhere, Ben. Like, that's the scariest part about this. To still have Burrow on this cost control con contract for, you know, two, three more years, uh, absolutely spectacular. Uh, you mentioned your uh, prop column, pff.com. Everyone go check that out. That's a great resource. Now, I want to get some final props that maybe you don't recommend, but let's talk about them anyway. So, Gatorade talk. Sam Hubbard, shout out part of my take. I do not want to be one of these people that does not shout out, you know, the great things Big Cat and PFT do and get the uh, whole fan base against me. On part of my take, Sam Hubbard told them that the Gatorade color is orange for the Bengals. Now, with the Rams, we're kind of wondering if it might be blue. What say you, Ben? I know we talked about our higher odds with the Joe Burrow MVP stuff, but that aside, Gatorade color orange, if you want the Bengals, why the hell not? Right, right. I mean, yeah, so plus 1,400. Unfortunately, you got to go into some offshore markets to bet these novelty <laughs> props. They are the best part about Super Bowl. Uh, we got to figure out the legalization factor because we need some of these in our legalized <laughs> sportsbook markets. But yeah, plus 1,400 on orange. I feel like that's that's definitely worth a sprinkle. I say blue, more like plus 220, which I don't know if that's uh, justifiable. I know purple won a couple of years ago as a pretty decent long shot. That's my favorite Gatorade color, so I'll probably be betting that one again. Uh, but Kobe I don't know. a tribute of sorts? If it must, maybe another Kobe tribute i think it was yeah i, me I remember it moved maybe it didn't win but it like moved a bunch because they thought it was going to be a Kobe. Okay. i might be remembering my uh, stuff wrong for sure here but i don't know 
I was really trying to dig, but yeah, the Sam Hubbard thing was uh, seemingly the only real clue out right. there. I remember a couple years ago, Andy Reid had like some red Gatorade sitting at his press conference and stuff. So we like orange, maybe maybe sprinkle a little bit on purple as well. Now for the national anthem, it's gonna be Mickey Guyton. We don't have to deal with the freaking duet, uh, freaking madness last year that produced the over. So doing some research on Guyton, she hit one minute twenty five seconds at the National Memorial Day concert. Uh, last year, one minute 30 seconds at a country radio seminar in Nashville back in 2015. The under over under set 95. She got quoted in a magazine saying, I guess they call me Quickie Mickey because I do <laughs> sing the national anthem fast. How are we not going to bet the under on right. a national anthem singer self pronounced that she sings it quick? Right. I mean, that's it's, it's, it's a lock, right? I mean, it's there's just no other there's no other way. I gotta. I don't have the historical data data on where uh, the previous national anthem markets have landed at. I'd really like to see you know both sides, both where the odds were and where it actually ended up finishing. But yeah, other than having that, I do think under 95 seconds. It's it's a, it's a lock, like we said. So. It's a lock until you know they do the rehearsal on Friday or Saturday, and this line just starts swaying wildly. And, right, right. And then I have to uh, come to grips with maybe the fact that uh, Quickie Mickey pulled a fast one on us. But yeah, man, forget it. Don't bet any other stuff. Just bet a national anthem. I will say, like some of the looks I was getting from, uh, you know, I spent I think it was two Super Bowls ago. I was at my uh, girlfriend's parents' house, and just some like. A lot of boomers there just having a good time. And I'm sitting there with my stopwatch out there in national anthem just losing <laughs> my mind. Uh, it's a quick way to lose a lot of respect from people that maybe you're right. hoping to uh, keep it from. But yeah. uh, Ben, they got to know what they're getting into right away. You know, establish, establish where you're supposed to be right away. <laughs> Set the precedent in a hurry. Right. <laughs> national anthem. Oh, my goodness. All right, final few notes. You've added a couple of funky props yourself. Halftime show. Do you think Snoop Dogg will smoke on stage? Yes is even. No is minus one thirty. I mean, come on. Who who how much do you have to hate yourself to bet no here? It's legal in Cali. It is legal in Cali. I feel like, you know, even money on this proposition is going to be a lock, right? I know people want to say, you know, it's only 2022, whatever. The boomers <laughs> are still going to be watching the Super Bowl, all these other things. But I think, yes, even money. I mean, come on. It's Snoop Dogg. It's in California. Everything is going to be completely fine here, people. So he's lighting one up on stage. Lock it in. Bovada.com, I guess. So He's with it. all of his freak, the Dre, Eminem, all of his right. friends are up there. Come on. He's going to, he's absolutely <laughs> sparking up there. That's awesome. Will any part of Eminem's performance be censored? Yes, minus 180. No, plus 135. So I guess like the bet here is Eminem, because I, I would think they would make him go up there with the clean versions of this. But maybe right. he goes rogue and says, you know, it goes Jim Morrison on that, uh, you know, I forget the freaking show. I'm outdating myself. But J Jim Morrison was supposed to not say I couldn't get much higher back in the day on some show. And he just said, F it. I'm going to do it anyway. That's what we're betting on here for Eminem, right? He's not going right. to, again, back down from the Super Bowl stage. Yeah, I would say, though, I feel like maybe, you know, 15 years ago, Eminem probably would have gone Ooh. rogue, kind of gone under. But I think no might be the correct side here at plus 135. I don't know. I think, you know, given the rehearsal, everything else, uh, unless he's, like, actively planning to get one of those swear words in or something when he's not supposed to be, I don't see it actually happening. So I think plus 135 maybe uh, is just a little bit too high from my perspective. Well, so that, that was that was the way I believe it. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. but I guess, well, okay, I might have looked at this wrong because... Even if he does curse, that's fine. It just can't be bleak. It can't be censored, right? Okay, right. that's different. So and plus right. one thirty-five. Okay, I'm in on that because yeah, right. I mean, he might. Because that would him. have to be a, yeah, that would have to be like an act of defiance against the producers yes. of the of the Super Bowl show, right? Is what is my reading of it for sure. So no, um, I think he could say like shit and be completely fine or whatever. It's <laughs> yeah. just like so. Okay, you sold me on that one. Final. 
prop bet here. Will the sports drink liquid be poured on the winning coach of the Super Bowl 56 before the end of the game? Yes, minus 160. No, plus 120. Have you been grinding the film on exactly what I've been grinding the film on this one. I think I think if this, you know, the game's obviously, from my perspective, probably going to come down to the wire. Needs to come down to the final procession in order for this one to win. So I like no plus 120, given the fact that both of these coaches are so conservative. I think we're going to see the players be somewhat conservative. And when they dump that Gatorade on those on their respective coach, when it actually ends up happening. So I'm going to say no, it doesn't happen until the final time has clicked off the clock here. This is my I read on it for sure but what are your thoughts do you have any do you have any particular side of this one that you like or not i think that sounds pretty reasonable ah oh, man well i feel like they wait until the final second has clicked ever since uh you know the lsu drew tate right back right. like i feel like you're just jinxing yourself if you're gonna be right. doing this earlier so three for three with me man I, the, the, uh, i've been calling andrew the prop profit but i don't know ben i think you're giving him a uh, run i mean for your money i here. think i i taught him base everything you know so i don't know what can come <laughs> above the profit but we got to figure that out here someday the pharaoh so. or something right is that where <laughs> yes. i'm getting slippery territory now snoop dog to smoke on stage yes even money will any part of evidence performance be censored no plus 135 when will the sports drink liquid be poured on the winning coach before the end of the game no at plus 120 also like under 95 seconds for a national anthem and go get that gatorade color being orange or purple if uh, you got one of those offshore books to help make it happen ben everyone can find you on twitter at pff underscore ben brown again you do fantastic stuff weekly with the pff betting podcast shout out to kendall venezuela venezuela sorry kendall uh you know i love you shout out to kendall for doing great stuff as well uh, on that pod ben anything else you want to get off your chest I mean, that's it. Make sure you check out, you know, all the stuff we have at pff.com. Best Bets Tool has, you know, over 100 props loaded for the Super Bowl right now. So check that out as well. There's tons of value uh, in the betting markets right now. So can't say enough about that. Our player prop tool, again, shows plus minus value for every NFL prop. NFL Green Line up 27 units on the season. From now until February 14th, you can get 25% off any PF subscription if you use code Fantasy, that's right, Code Fantasy for all of that goodness. And, you know, much more. You can get the locked article content. We got our fantasy ranks. I'm grinding my dynasty ranks right now. Uh, Again, also, actually use Code Super25. My guy Connor's changing things up for me. So Code Super25, 25% off any PFF sub until February 14th. Also, if you want to go get some skin in the game, download DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code PFF, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Just know you must be 21 or older. See DraftKings.com for your full list of requirements and stay specific responsible gaming resources. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And finally, if you are still looking for a Valentine's Day present, you know, or want to tell your girlfriend one, I guess it'd be kind of weird to get her this. But anyway, <laughs> this V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist room with our exclusive offer. Go to Manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code PFF. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Hope you all enjoyed this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I will be back on Friday with Dwayne McFarlane and Andrew Erickson breaking down even more Super Bowl goodness. And then once that is over with, we are full send dynasty mode. So for Ben, I'm Ian. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, take care, everybody.